Welcome to Evolve. My name is Brandon Silver and I believe that evolution of the world requires evolution of the individual. I believe entrepreneurs are consistently changing that world and we always will be. So with this show I will bring you the people and ideas with tools necessary to hack your growth in your business and your life. Together let's ask the world's biggest question, build businesses to solve them, and live happy and fulfilling lives in the process. It's time to Evolve. Hey everyone, welcome to Evolve. Today's guest is the founder of two multinational consulting firms, best-selling author, three-times TEDx speaker, startup investor, and co-founder of the critically acclaimed, award-winning, venture-backed NextGen HQ, which is the premier business hub providing the knowledge, mentorship, and resources to a community of 20,000 of the world's most accomplished and inspiring entrepreneurs like Forbes 30 Under 30 honorees, Shark Tank contestants, Theo Fellows, and even a teenager who launched a 1 million year sock company. Being named one of the Can't Miss events by Inc. and Forbes magazine, and a top five conference by Entrepreneur magazine, his award-winning Next Gen Summit is, has a highly curated attendee list of over a thousand entrepreneurs flying from places like Japan and Zambia and busting in from Phoenix and Richmond to share coffee with billion dollar founders and cross paths with professional athletes before learning from 150 speakers and mentors from world-renowned thought leaders and brands like Brex, Capital One, Dell, Target, Walmart, and Comcast. In one life-changing weekend, over 2,400 relationships are forged through one-on-one meetings, investment pitches, and personal mentoring. Quite a feat for any founder, but this young entrepreneur accomplished this all before the age of 25 while finishing his college degree in the Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania. Inspiring the minds of young people across the globe, he has, been, uh, he has received numerous recognitions such as Influencers 30 Under 30, Top 40 Millennial Influencers, and has been featured in numerous t- um, publications like Forbes, Entrepreneur, US Today, the Huffington Post, Inc. Magazine, and so many more. Being called wise beyond his years by the founder of Influensive and Forbes Top 20 speaker, Clinton Senko, he has also delivered his immense knowledge on stages for TEDx, the United Nations Global People Summit, the National Football League, and dozens of the top universities and entrepreneur summits across the globe. I'm honored to welcome the co-founder of NextGen, best-selling author of What Wakes You Up, and a man who can probably advise you on your startup over a game of beer pong, Justin Lavafazan. Brandon, thanks so much for having me. Really stoked to uh, to be here. I'm so glad you were able to come to NextGen Summit in 2019. I really appreciate it and looking forward to the uh, the episode. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great event to be, uh, be a part of, and I always enjoy our conversations that we have. Um, diving into some of your story and researching you was a lot of fun. And one of the things I want to touch on was when you were writing your book and you basically wrote down the, the list of the 30 under 30 and reached out to every one of these people. Where did you get the confidence to do that, even though you were you know, just a young kid at the time? Yeah, Brandon, what a, what a cool question. Something that you know really well, you're obviously bringing great guests onto the show. The people that you surround yourself with um, influence who you become. Uh, there's mm-hmm. the famous quote, you're the combination of the five people you spend the most time with. And I realized towards the end of high school, when I started to have a, a lot of doubt of going to college and, and what I was going to do with my career, I realized that I wasn't surrounding myself with really unique uh, perspectives. I had a very similar perspective. So I sat down with the one person I knew in my town who had kind of done something different. He was an author who wrote a book in high school. His name mm-hmm. is Nikhil. And I sat down with Nikhil. 
kill. And I said, Nikhil, like, what is, what do you advise? And he said, Justin, you got to get out there, man. You are not ready to start anything. You need to get out there and learn and meet other people. So he told me about a couple of organizations. One of them was Forbes 30 and 30. I never heard about it. So I sat down, I started looking at the list. I'm like, wow, these are total rock stars. I need to talk to some of those people. So I emailed just everyone I could find an email of. And so many of them were so um, gracious to give me their time in a short interview for me to learn more about them. And many of those relationships became speakers at Next Gen Summit or, or mm. mentors of mine or even close friends. So I'm really fortunate to have had that advice. And I think at the beginning of your journey, it's so critical. You got to get out there and start meeting people, get out of your own right. head. And, and that will provide answers in it itself. Yeah. What sort of stuff were you telling yourself, you know, at this time, you obviously, you know, started a couple consulting firms, you started Next Gen Summit, wrote a book, like you're doing all this stuff while in college. What's the kind of mindset and stuff that you're telling yourself that is allowing you to strive for this when a lot of people are holding themselves back? Yeah, I think that unfortunately, there is this disconnect. And this was the most defining learning, probably what sparked a lot of my journey. I listened to this uh, TEDx talk that's still online by a guy named Scott Dinsmore, and it's called How to Find and Do Work You Love. And Scott had passed away a few years ago, but this amazing and inspiring leader. And he, he talked about this like bonkers setup where everyone in the world is getting the same advice, but mm -hmm. everyone in the world is ending up like pretty miserable. So there has to be something that's broken there. If everyone's getting the same advice and everyone is turning out not super happy at work, like what is that mean? Right. Why is everyone following the same advice. Um, so I think that's what I was really thinking about. Sam Altman wrote a great article, uh, uh, former CEO of Y Combinator. It takes a unique input to get a unique output. You can't mm -hmm. expect to have different results, but do the same thing everyone else is doing. So I was really inspired by people who were thinking about their lives really differently. And I got pretty interested in this concept of life design, of how mm -hmm. can you build a life that's really unique to you and what you care about and what you want to accomplish in the world, as opposed to just doing what you're told is normal and what is expected of you. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that you actually built was Students for Students, which was like a college advisory. So tell me a little bit about that and how you were like servicing people from New York all the way to Cairo, um, helping them get into these universities. Brandon, that was so fun. That was definitely my first real entrepreneurial experience. Um, Dylan, my partner and I, we were introduced by a close mutual friend. We had both been accepted into some really good schools. And Local uh, parents in the community were asking us, hey, can you look at my kid's college application? Can you look at his college essay, look at his resume? And we had no legitimate experience of why we should be doing that outside of it worked for us. Mm. So we said, sure, we'll just tell you what, what we did. And then they were like, oh, well, why don't we pay you for it? I'm like, absolutely. I'd love to, <laughs> I'd love to do that. Um, so I was doing that in my town. Dylan was at the same time without knowing each other doing it in his town. We had met. We shared a lot of similarities. And we said, why don't we start doing this together? So we put up a simple website. We got a couple of consultants with us who were college students at different campuses that kids wanted to apply with. And we built a little bit of a model where you can pay us like a thousand bucks and we will look at your resume, help you write your college essay and, and frame how you're going to pitch your, your college application. And we would work with a student and they would really love the experience. We we're way cheaper than anyone else doing this. So they would refer us to friends. And all of a sudden we had clients coming from everywhere who heard mm. about this. There was no real fancy organization. It was just me and Dylan and a couple other kids selling these services and using what we had learned in our own application process to go. And it was a, a really remarkable experience. I'm so grateful um, for that. It led me to start doing a lot of marketing consulting in a very similar way. I had 
um, a background in doing some, some of this like Gen Z marketing from running the students for students business. I figured I would do the exact same model, find some other students who had similar backgrounds and starting working with clients. And, and both of those opportunities, uh, even though I no longer do them today and shut them down quite a long time ago, they were this incredible experience of just doing things and learning mm-hmm. while doing, as opposed to trying to think, oh, let me write a business plan and figure it out and find the investors. Right. It was just, I'm going to do a bunch of stuff that I think is fun and valuable to others and learn on the go. And definitely two of the most transformative entrepreneurial experiences in my life. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing is um, just getting out there and doing it and following those things that you actually want to do rather than just kind of sitting back and thinking about it um, and never actually taking that step. It's it's critical to get out there. You're never going to learn by just trying to map it out all, all by yourself. You may have a good basis, but as you actually talk to a potential customer, talk to a potential partner and investor, you're not going to know what type of questions a unique perspective is thinking about because you're trapped inside your own head. So it's the advice I give to so many of the next geners who are thinking, I want to start a business. I'll say, okay, go start it. And then let's talk in a month from now. Because even if you'll make every mistake in the book, by talking to people, you'll gain so much knowledge. Right. Tell me about um, the importance of building that relationship with Dylan in that first business that really helped you guys when you were building NextGen. Dylan is an amazing guy, an inspiring leader, pushes me every day to, to be better. I, we met at a really interesting time in both of our lives where we had had uh, like nominal success in the more traditional route of getting good grades in school, getting accepted to good mm-hmm. colleges, getting good internships, more of the traditional path. We were doing well, but both independently realizing we're not 100% sold that this is the move. And right. we're like kind of looking around. Hey, is there anyone else who thinks this way too? So first, it was um, a sign of relief that there was someone else who thinks this type of way. I was like, wow, right. I'm not alone. Thank goodness. Um, and then when we started meeting other people, there were a heck of a lot of other people who also think this way, which is really, really beautiful. Um, but Dylan and I, from the very beginning, we committed to doing things that would uh, push us the right way, as mm-hmm. opposed to the easy way or the like sexy way. And that has been the most pivotal pivotal. Uh, learning opportunity for me working with Dylan and that we're pushing each other to grow for the long term, not grow for what looks good in the next article. And that relationship has been incredibly formative for me as an entrepreneur. I'm so grateful for Dylan. Yeah. When you guys uh, first started NextGen, you actually lost 30 grand in revenue on that first one. What What made you want to keep pushing forward with the project? This is the funniest story, Brandon. So I'm sitting there, like the event finishes with Dylan and I'm like looking at him like, dude, how do you think this went? Because we just lost a ton of money. The event from an event perspective was like not super well done, um, but the people were fantastic. And I was like, I think it went pretty well. Let's, Let's see. And we had put up this Facebook group for attendees to find roommates at the event. That's why we put it up. And all of a sudden, these posts started trickling through right after we um, put the event together. And they would say things like, Justin, Dylan, thanks so much for Next Gen Summit. I met my investor. They funded my seed round. I'm getting started with my business. Or I mm-hmm. met my co-founder. We're dropping out of college. We're going to launch a app. Like these amazing stories of young people who found momentum through Next Gen Summit. And that was what Dylan and I realized. There's something there. We just got to get way better at this event stuff and, and building a business behind it. But there's real value in getting smart young people together, supporting them in an interesting way. Like that's a really beautiful thing if we can, if we can continue to rinse and repeat. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I saw it myself when I went to Next Gen. I was discussing before we started that, you know, I made so many connections there that are invaluable and you don't know how they're going to unflourish as we move forward. Yeah, uh, relationships are everything. And if we can build a growing tribe of people who believe in chasing their dreams, believe in overcoming obstacles and continue to create platforms for them to connect and access resources, we'll, we believe we'll be successful over the long run. And mm-hmm. now it's just staying alive and growing and getting better over that long run and loving the journey uh, is what we're <laughs> really trying to, uh, trying to work on now. Yes. I mean, one of the most difficult things for young entrepreneurs is getting access to knowledge and resources and mentors, you know, to re, uh, reverse engineer the path that they want. And so you guys are really good at doing this. But how did you do it before NextGen was around? It's funny because Dylan and I, as we are um, trying to support entrepreneurs, we are entrepreneurs ourselves. So we mm-hmm. have to take our own medicine and we have to walk our own walk, uh, right. walk our own talk. So we'll tell an entrepreneur, you need to go like do this. If we don't do it ourselves, we're hypocrites and you're never going to trust us. So Dylan and I are trying to have our own journey and just a little bit visible to other entrepreneurs. So when we were getting started, we do, we do exactly what we tell entrepreneurs to do. Go find other people who are having success in your space, ask them to get coffee with you and come up with questions that you would love to know on how you did it. So before we started our first conference, I went to every conference you can name. And I tried mm-hmm. to sit down with their senior leadership and understand what is the, the best part of your event? What do you think makes the most sense? How does this make money? And how do you recommend you grow? Mm. And by, by getting that exposure, you not only get the knowledge, but you build the mentorship and relationships. They, they come one in the same. We did the exact same thing and continue to do that now. Just this morning, we had this amazing next-gen leader in here talking to our sales team about how to build a sales team. Because I can't say I know how to build a sales team without getting that mentorship, without asking those questions. I have to be uh, you know, walking the walk when it comes to living the value we're trying to convince our entrepreneurs to. Yeah, and I, something I want to point out that I think is super important um, that you were saying in there is you went to people that basically are putting on these events. You went to the people that know how to do the thing that you want to do. And then you started being humble enough to ask them the questions like, I don't know what I'm doing at all. How do I go about this? It's everything. And, and that first comes with a realization that you don't know anything. You don't know what mm-hmm. you don't know. Right. And there's this crazy learning journey as an entrepreneur where the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. And <laughs> yeah. it, it's like mind blowing and it's amazing. And that is what you start to learn when you start to talk to these veteran entrepreneurs. Mm, absolutely. Uh, so I think one of your superpowers is really connecting people, building community, building relationships. So how should we look at um, building relationship as entrepreneurs and founders? Thank you for that, Brendan. I appreciate it for, for if you would have told me like, you know, in early college, I was going to be known as a community builder. I would have like a I'm so, um, I'm a pretty big introvert. I spent a lot of time alone. Um, so I think that we're the community thing. What we got right, Dylan and I, is that we were just incredibly authentic about mm. the, the relationships we were trying to build. So if you come into the office today, we have a couple of next geners coming in for lunch. The conversation is around what Dylan and I talk about on an everyday basis. How do we become healthier? How do we do it right by our employees? How do we build a culture? We're constantly just talking and being real about the struggles that we're facing. So, and we're not putting on this image that we have it all figured out because we don't and and no one does. And that authenticity is part of Dylan and I's core value personally. And I think bleeds into the brand, which is why 
you're able to have authentic relationships at NextGen Summit. So when it comes to building community as for entrepreneurs, authenticity is the, the best superpower you can ever unlock because you're mm. yourself and the tribe of people you'll surround yourself with are going to be like-minded and will help push you because you're real with them as opposed to putting on this show that everything is all right. Right. I think um, something else that you mentioned in one of your talks is this idea of uh, collaboration over competition. And so how can startups collaborate more so that they both succeed, even if they're in the same market? It's everything. Collaboration. I'm such a believer in, in that. If you're building a really fundamental business for the long term, you're trying to build a business without competition. You're seeing yourself. Mm-hmm. You're, you're focused on beating the year business of yesterday and the you of yesterday and focused on the you and your business of tomorrow. Where competition comes into play is you can partner with other organizations to drive mutual value. So maybe me as a, a small founder with a couple of teammates, I can't write a big check to a partner organization. But if they're hiring an intern, I can put that on my email newsletter. Or if they are looking to, um, mm. you know, learn something about the sales market, and I see a good article, I can send it to them. So there are ways you can find, you could add value to other firms in your space, even if they're competitors that will help them grow. If you're authentic about who you are and you're focused on beating yesterday's yourself and focus on your own trajectory, I think you can definitely find ways to add value and collaborate. Um, but you have to be authentic with who you are and what you care about. If you're trying to like pop a quick exit. I don't think I have the advice for you. I, I only am trying to, um, I'm trying to build a business for the really long run and, and do it for the foundationally right way, learning from the great mentors who've given me their time. So I think if you're focused on that, you can provide value to the others around you. Mm-hmm. How do we get to that core authenticity of ourself? I think you've gone through a journey of kind of, you know, you were following a traditional path and then decided to go, you know, down entrepreneurship. And I think there was an identity switch in there that happened where you were finding your authentic self. So how do you recommend other young people to go about that? Brandon, similar to what we were talking about at the beginning of the interview, the only way you're going to make progress is by doing things and not by really sitting and thinking about it. So you'll never discover, oh, here's what I'm interested in by like sitting down and making a list. It'll mm-hmm. be by working on projects. So there, there is a, a researcher at, at University of Pennsylvania, Angela Duckworth, who wrote an article about passion. And she said, People think about passion as if you lost your wallet and that you're like, oh, I found my wallet. I found my passion. (laughs) Fine, out of nowhere. You pick something you're kind of interested in and then you do it. And then Mm. by doing it, you build this integration where you really like it and it's hard and you overcome challenges and you accomplish, you learn. That's how you really build long-term sustainable passions. So the best way to figure out who you are and what you care about and what kind of business you want to build is by doing projects and by doing things. A great way to start is like a blog or um, uh, uh, interviews. I For interviews for my book, I learned way more. And I think I got the most value out of it, way more than the reader, because I got I got to talk to those people. So um, I think using interviews as a tool to discover yourself is, is hugely important and, and uh, a cheat code, almost. I wish more people realized it because you get to talk to those people and apply it to your own life because you're doing things. You're creating content. Right. Uh, so it's it's about getting out there. Yeah, I want to touch on that for a moment. One of the powers of having your own book or an event allows you the opportunities at these relationships that maybe you didn't have access to before. So tell me a little bit about how that cheat code works. Having your own platform is a game changer. It's a game changer. And you don't have to go too crazy. You can start a blog. um, But I have a couple of platforms. I first had the book. 
So mm-hmm. I was able to reach out to all these mentors who were helping me and, and give them an opportunity to be featured and share advice and have something that they can share. The event is really perfect because anyone I touch in my life that I want to stay in touch with, I can reach out to and say, hey, come to an event of ours. Let me introduce you to some really good people. Mm-hmm. So having a place where you can consolidate a lot of your network and resource, I think is really helpful. An email newsletter, podcast, blog, conference. Events are, I think, the golden ticket. But you, And you don't have to have like a blowout huge event. So many founders I know host really small intimate dinners where they're able to just invite good people who are like-minded to have dinner mm-hmm. together. You don't even have to pay for it. Just get good people together. And when you get other people together, you're viewed as the authority that got them there, which mm-hmm. is a, a, a cheat code. It's a full cheat code. If we put on a conference and you see us as hosting the conference, you're like, wow, those guys must know what they're doing, even if we don't. Um, so obviously <laughs> you, want to, you want to back it up, but having your own platform allows you to gain authenticity, uh, gain credibility if you're doing it authentically um, and, and consolidate a lot of your networking. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I definitely see the same things in the podcast as I run it um, and definitely use it as a cheat code for myself. Absolutely. Following this line of relationships, um, one of the things when you were writing your book and publishing it, your brothers were actually going to be writing and publishing a book at the same time. So tell me about the value of family as it's been connected in entrepreneurship for you. Uh, For me, family is everything. Um, I am a, a pretty private person. Um, those who know me know, like I, I, I have my family, I keep it really close. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's a strong value that allows me. Dylan also really shares that value. He has a pretty tight knit family as well. So that's been um, really wonderful. I've just watched my brothers grow in their own journeys in very different spaces. It's beautiful and exciting to watch them independently take on their journey. Um, family is people you can trust, people who know you for you, who have no expectations of you and they're not trying to sell you anything. They, they just, they care about your own success. And if you can find relationships like that, whether they're your family, friendships, colleagues, whatever it may be, people have no expectations of you. Um, it, I, I think there's no more empowering force to keep you going. Mm, yeah. I love that. Um, the other value that I want to talk about um, from you is how you define an entrepreneur, because I think it's different than other people. And you define it as someone who creates opportunities and solves problems not necessarily somebody who starts their own business. So why do you think this is a skill that everybody needs, not necessarily just an entrepreneur? What do you think about that? I think that's um, amazing because I believe one of the major things that we're going to need moving forward in the world is this ability to create opportunities and to solve problems, to be able to see something that's happening and critically think about it. Um, And so I think that's not just a skill for an entrepreneur, but one that everyone needs. I completely agree with you. I think entrepreneurship, the reason I'm like pretty romantic about it is it's a vehicle for your personal growth. It's a vehicle Mm -hmm. for your life. Um, So you don't have to start a business to get that same um, impact. You can just approach whatever you're working on with an entrepreneurial mindset of this is not fixed what I can do. And if I work really hard and I think really well and I, I learn as best as I can, think, just can get better. And I think mm-hmm. that's what, that's what it is. It's creating opportunities and solving problems. It's a growth mindset. You can do that right. with a, a podcast. You can do it with a corporate job. You can do it really with anything. Um, it is a way of thinking more than like taking capital risk. So I'm, I'm, I'm romantic about entrepreneurship in that sense. I love starting businesses. I'm love next gen. I'm so pumped to be here every day. Um, yeah. but I think the thing I'm like foundationally in love with is that mindset. 
Mm, yeah, and I think it's a good opportunity to provide an education for yourself, um, you know, to help grow. We talked about, you know, actually getting out, doing things, um, trying to solve a problem. You're going to learn so much more about the world than just, you know, sitting back and, um, you know, maybe learning it in school or something else. Absolutely. I, I look back at myself like in June when we, when we saw each other in NGS. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, I, I am so much smarter than that guy. I wish I had known what I know now then. And mm. I think that the, the hope is if you're doing it right, you feel that way all the time. Like, damn, I wish I just was that smart a month ago uh, right. because it means you're learning every day, trying to just expand what you know and who you are. Yeah. And one of the things I love about your story is you um, started as an entrepreneur in college, but you didn't decide to drop out. You actually finished your degree. And so what's the value of education for you today? I wish I had the mindset I have now about college that I had when I got started. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought when I got to school, like I was a big shot because I had a business and I didn't need to like go to class and I skipped out on all the classes. I didn't take it very seriously. And only until the end of college, I realized how foolish that was um, because there's so much to learn and there's so much value in the process of learning, even if the material is not like directly applicable to what you're working on. So uh, school, the end of school helped me become a reader again when I realized that there's value in learning, not only like the material you're, you are learning. So I, I wish I, I wish I could have known that then. I don't think that college is for everybody. And I, I don't, uh, I never try to make a stance that what everybody should do. For me, I think it was the right move to take some time off, don't go to school, and then eventually return and get my degree, which I feel really proud of. Um, but I, don't, I think that there are people who have a journey where they don't want to go to school and, and, and that's for them. Um, I think it's for everyone to realize what they need in front of themselves. Yeah, you actually took a, a gap year before you went to college. Um, and I really love this thing that you say that we are kind of forced into trying to make a decision what we want for our life. And three months ago, we were asking to use the bathroom. And it's I think crazy. That, I think that it, it's amazing to allow yourself that time to kind of discover and to try new things. So talk a little bit about that gap year and you know what it did for you. Um, connecting to what we were talking about earlier, you need time to do things, doing things things is what gets you knowledge, self-awareness, personal growth. It's doing Mm -hmm. things. It's being active. And maybe there are people who are able to do that while in college. I certainly was only after though, I took time off to get it started. I don't know if I could have had enough time and freedom to do things when I was still in school. So the year was just time for me. I had no Mm -hmm. plan. When I got started of what, what I wanted to accomplish it, I didn't know I wanted to do all the things that I did end up doing. I had a very different idea, um, but it was time. It was freedom to do. And I, I wish that for everybody. I think gap years would be a powerful tool. I do advocate that pretty hard, pretty strongly. Um, if people could take a year off between high school and college, everyone could. I think people would be way happier because they'd be have an opportunity to do things. Mm-hmm. What were some of the things that you learned in college that... Um aren't necessarily like what you were learning in the classroom. So it's finding that value in college outside of the classroom. Um, I see one of the big things for me was the collaboration and community and people that I'm, you know, met there. I actually uh, found my wife there in college. And so that's wow. a, a relationship that wouldn't exi- have existed if I hadn't gone to college, but that wasn't a something that you get inside the classroom. Yeah. There, there's so much that you can be gained from going to school and I think most people would uh, admit that what you're paying for is not even just the class, but the whole, ex- mm-hmm. it's an experience that you're paying for. 
Um, for me, I think self-discipline was a really big learning opportunity for me that I got in school where I didn't have it at the beginning of the beginning of college. I didn't have the ability to, um, like commit to a regimen and stick to it, but mm-hmm. the college experience allowed me to do so. And, and now I have like a pretty, pretty nice, you know, sense of self-discipline. So it's the encapsulating experience of personal growth that school is really amazing at. And maybe you can get that other places without going to school. I'm not sure. I think it's hard. Um, And obviously college is really expensive. So I don't know what the future holds for for college. We'll we'll both be watching and and, and see from there. Uh, But for me, personal development. Yeah. So um, talk about how we can learn some of these skills and like uh, personal development and entrepreneurship and make them available to everyone, you know, and start teaching people to use these, even if they're not an entrepreneur. I think someone that we talked about is definitely starting some type of media platform to mm-hmm. collect, uh, uh, formalize the voices of others in your space. So let's say you want to be a, um, I had someone in the office the other day who is really interested in pharmaceuticals. Like, wow, that's a crazy, unique thing. I do not know anybody in the field. I can't really help you very much. Right. He's like, do you have any advice? I said, here's an idea. Why don't you go and um, interview 10 pharmaceutical you know, specialists and find each of them talk about one drug they're really excited about. And then you write a blog once per week on like the new drug of the week that, that could have a great impact. Or maybe you do a spotlight on new doctor of the week, whatever it is. That process of doing you'll learn more about pharmaceuticals, you'll build more relationships, you'll gain more sense of self-confidence than mm. anything else that you can do. So I think podcast, book, blog, event, something like that, cheat code. Yeah, how have you guys been doing this at NextGen? Because I know you guys have a ton of resources. You do like things like this all the time. One of the ways that we do this is our event. So mm-hmm. we'll um, bring in speakers and then oftentimes we'll say, hey, can you come into our office first and teach us what you're going to teach on stage so we mm-hmm. can learn? Uh, we're going to start a podcast as well uh, very, very soon. Uh, so stay tuned. I can't say much more than that. And we have another very big project, media related in the works as well, which will be launching in the spring of 2020. So we are always trying to drink our own Kool Aid and say, you need to be talking to leaders, you need to get them in the office, talk to them, interview them, and, and see how you can support them. So every day we have a next gen mentor coming in and trying to teach us, but then we'll eventually try to teach the entrepreneurs. Yeah. What is your process for it? Once you've learned all this stuff, because you're taking in a bunch of information of filtering it and then picking which ones to execute on and actually taking that action. That's like the hardest part by Mm -hmm. far of um, one of the hardest parts by far being an entrepreneur is choosing the thing to do because everything sucks and you need to build all of these things. It's overwhelmingly difficult. So how do you choose like what to focus on? The mentor who was in the office this morning, he had a really nice um, way to put this. So the, his thing is, when do you 80-20 and when do you 1%? Mm-hmm. So when do you 80-20 focus on, focus on the 20% of things that will have 80% impact? And when do you 1% focus on getting 1% better and really optimizing? He said, when you're starting out, you got to just start with 80-20. Uh, so when you're starting out in a business, pick the 20% of activities you can do that will have 80% of the impact. So maybe you make money by selling like this certain type of widget or, or client or service. The thing that has the most impact, drives the most revenue, just do that. Because that'll drive you to the point where you have enough base of information to then get started and then you can optimize. So for us, it's if we're like, let's say we're starting a marketing team and we have no marketing team, we'll pick one activity that we think can have like the biggest benefit and we'll just do that for a year. And mm-hmm. then after we have done it for a year, we've probably learned enough where we can grow and, and figure something else out. 
But you have to, if you're getting started 80-20, pick the 20% of things that are going to have 80% of the impact and just do that one thing and stay focused. And then you'll learn and, and can figure out a lot of the other problems later. Mm, I love that. Um, so you've been talking a lot about, you know, being in this game for the long term. And uh, you we've gone over so many of your accomplishments that you've done even before you reach 25. How do you view your life in the long term? What, what a really interesting question. Um, I am... I'm doing my best at this point in my life to keep a low profile, which is, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. Um, but I think that I need to do a better job of keeping my head down and focusing on tomorrow. Um, so we have really lofty ambitions at next gen, but none of those can be achieved if we're not around, if we're not growing, if we're not stable, if our foundation isn't secure. So we have like a hundred year time horizon. We're trying to build for next gen 20, you know, 2150. Um, and we're going to be really old, <laughs> <laughs> old, old gen summit. But, uh, we're gonna be really old, but if we can just figure out what are the hard things that we need to beat eventually and just do those hard things, that's how I'm really tackling business and also an extension of life. So if you, if I know I want to be more patient, let's say eventually, and, and that is really high leverage right now, I need to take action every day to become more patient. Mm-hmm. If we want to have a large sales team one day, I need to take steps tomorrow that will help us set the foundation for a sales team. So I see my, a lot of my life right now in this long-term vision of pick the hard thing that you know you got to do and just get, get at it every single day and, until it's done. And keep my head down, low profile, focused on what do I need to do tomorrow to make sure this happens. Right. I, I think uh, an important step in that is you see sort of like the, the big vision, the mountain that you want to climb, but you're looking also at, okay, well, what's one small step that I can take today mm. in order to reach that? Um, Everything. So talk- yeah, talk about that a little bit, how you break that down for yourself. There's this quote I always see going around on Twitter. It's like, do something today that yourself a year from now will thank you for. Like, mm. I really like that one. You know, it, it takes so long to build a really good business for, for most of the time. Now, mm-hmm. there are a lot of like really fast growing startups and blitz scaling. And I, I have nothing against that technique. It is just not what I know and what I have learned and what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to give advice for entrepreneurs who are thinking about building really big, really long lasting, sustainable businesses. Mm-hmm. And for us, in order to do that, you, you have to get at it every day. So um, if you want to become a meditator, it's way better to do one minute, one minute a day than to do like an hour every Sunday. It's just way better for you because doing one minute a day, will integrate into yourself. You'll become a meditator. And then you'll be like, Oh, I could do more than that. Um, so it's the same thing with business. If you want to be better at marketing, send five marketing meals a day and then do that for a year. And I'm telling you, you're going to be a better marketer as opposed right. to sitting down one time and trying to do something. So I'm a big believer in habits, in business and in life. Atomic Habits, James Clear, great book on the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to do it every day. Yeah, I think something that's important too is you sharing that, um, especially uh, in our generation that we have this sort of sometimes instant gratification of these big lofty goals that we want. And we're like, it didn't happen in, you know, especially in startups where we were like, you know, we didn't grow in three years super rapidly, but um, taking that extra long-term vision and okay, what did we do in those three years to reach that? Um, so I think it's important for young entrepreneurs to see someone like you, who is, you know, very much trying to get everybody the resources and things that they need, but also in a long-term horizon. You have to, this instant gratification thing is such an issue. And it is so tempting, of course, to look back and be like, Bill and I have been at this thing 14 hours a day for five years. Mm-hmm. And we 
don't have a hundred employees. So, <laughs> you know, we're not <laughs> billionaires yet. And then we like laugh at ourselves sometimes because we are so much better as entrepreneurs than we were when we started. It, mm. it, it's night and day. So if we did this, you know, in this amount of time frame, if we do that same thing every day for 50 years, I, I can't even imagine where we will be. I think it'll be amazing. So instant gratification is a tough thing to delay. It's a tough monkey to wrestle with, but just realize how far you've come and then do the math. If you, if you do that again and just keep going, where, where will you be? Maybe if you're not going to be very far, you need to do, be doing more every day and push mm. yourself a little bit harder. But instant gratification is a tough thing to wrestle with. Yeah. And what are some of the things outside of business that you see for yourself long-term and that you're building currently? I'm really into community. I'm really interested in um, all, all types of community and how I can create physical spaces. I'm really interested in real estate. Mm. Um, so how we can continue to create physical spaces for entrepreneurs to thrive together. So that is something that is a, a blend of interests, personal and professional um, and, and longevity. I'm really intrigued in, mm. I think we're building for the long-term that requires us to be like alive and healthy in the long term. So how can we build lives that are like healthy and vibrant for the long term too? But I'm trying my best to integrate a lot of the personal and professional in my life. I used to view them as like boxes. Oh, got the professional life over here, personal life over here. And maybe that works for some people, but for me, it's way more fun when everything is really aligned together. Yeah. You, you mentioned that you guys have been working, you know, 14 hours, you know, for five years. How have you been integrating those two worlds for yourself? I think for so long, Brandon, I saw them as different. I saw them as, and especially when I was a student, I said, okay, I got my student hat, friends, class over here, got the right. business world over here, my family life, like keep a nice little neat plate. Like, I, I think I was holding myself back by trying to compartmentalize it because I was not unlocking um, the realization that I'm one person. You're one life. This is mm -hmm. my life. And by integrating everything, it forces you to prioritize, which is tough. Mm. Um, but uh, I read this book called uh, Essentialism. It's about this like in the school of thinking. And the concept of essentialism is this. You can do anything that you want only after you admit and realize that you can't do everything that you want. And you have to choose. So just choose the best things for you. And I think when you're not compartmentalized, but view yourself as one life, you're able to see what you have to choose better and can make harder, but better decisions on what to prioritize. So, mm -hmm. so that has been really great. My life is now much more essentialist where I don't do as much, many things, but the things that I'm doing, I'm all in on doing. Yeah. I think uh, one of the important things is actually sitting down with yourself and, you know, writing out what are your values and then what's the highest values on those. Um, I do that all the time in my life, finding that, you know, the mission that I'm on and my wife are like my two highest values and so when I'm making decisions, like if one of those things are coming up against what I'm making the decision, well, that that's what's going to get put there because I've realized those are my highest values. That's everything. Um, that's what an incredible activity, Brandon. That's amazing. And we try to do that in our business too. We have core values and everything is judged based on these core values. If it's not living up to core values, it's not a fit. I don't care mm -hmm. what it is. Um, so that process of defining who you are and what you stand for is hard but then everything else is easy because you mm -hmm. can just reference the values. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, the important thing here too, I mean, we're talking about integrating our life together, all of these pieces. Um, I think one of the reasons that like people are so unhappy in, you know, where they're working or whatever is because they have compartmentalized this and they feel like they have to go clock into this place for eight hours that isn't aligned with who they are, what they value, 
um, and it's aside from the rest of their life. Absolutely. It has been one of the greatest growth opportunities for me personally over the last year or two. Mm, Yeah. So I want to come back to this idea of the college education system. And based on your work with uh, students for students, and then, you know, working with some of the world's, you know, most inspiring young people in next gen, what do you think the education system looks like for us in the future? Interesting question. I think that there's definitely a realization that you need to be doing not Mm -hmm. listening. So I think there's a lot of classrooms already doing like the flipped classroom, um, Mm -hmm. which is is really nice. I hope that experiential learning continues to evolve. I think the biggest thing that I hope happens, which young people are making happen, is the concept that learning is really personalized. So Brandon, your learning journey is going to be very different than my learning journey. And we need that to be different. So hopefully schools in the future can deliver a unique experience to you based on what you need and a unique experience to me based on what I need, as opposed Mm -hmm. to putting us in the same inefficient bucket. So I hope that is where it's going. I'm really hopeful. But I think young people will continue to uh, find it, even if it's not offered. They'll make it happen themselves. Right. I think uh, it's a lot about this crafting of our own education, um, because I feel like, especially the lot of young entrepreneurs, they realize this thing that they're trying to build and they need to go get an education for that. But there's no set path for that. So they have to kind of mold it for themselves. And, um, you know, I've seen it time and time again with each person. I've seen it with you as we were, as I was researching you. Um, so what do you think uh, along those lines of crafting your own education? Uh, so it's everything. Every day I'm trying to realize at the end of the day, did I learn today? If I didn't mm. learn today, I messed up. I don't care what I did. And our sales team talks a lot about, about this, this value. The goal is not to sign a big deal. The goal is to build a large business. Mm. So like the goal of learning, the goal is not to memorize what's in this book. The goal is to learn. So if I'm not learning every single day, I'm making a mistake. So I try to make sure that doesn't happen by making sure I do it right in the morning. So I try to read every day, try to read more and more every day um, and prioritize learning in my life, regardless of how busy work gets. Mm, love it. So what's the uh, most inspiring thing that you guys have on the plate for next gen coming up? I'm so jazzed up by, by next gen. I'm like so energized by where we're going Uh, Every day, we just hear more stories of young people who are coming to us, telling us about these amazing things they're doing and using NextGen as a platform to continue to launch and grow and learn and move. And we want to start telling more of those stories. So Mm. I I don't want to say what the project is just yet, but spring 2020, if you're on our Roundup newsletter, you'll be the first to find out. Uh, We're launching a really big project that I'm pumped about that will help tell the stories of a lot of these amazing next geners who are inspiring us every day. And uh, hopefully we can continue to inspire them too. So I'm really pumped for it. Awesome. Well, where can people find more about next gen? Where can people find more about you? Thanks so much for asking, Brendan. The best way to get in touch with all of this is by heading to ngsummit.com and subscribing to our weekly roundup newsletter. Every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, we send job opportunities, speaking gigs, podcast guests, content, mentorship, articles, Everything you can need, Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, our roundup. You can subscribe on our website. That's the best way to get in touch with me personally, learn about next gen, keep it posted with all of this. So definitely subscribe. We're doing our very best to get the word out about it. Um, and it's, uh, it's really powerful. I look forward to hopefully meeting some of you. Awesome. Well, my very last question is, how can we push the world to evolve? Mm. My little brother says 
this quote so much that's not like a running joke in my family, <laughs> but I believe it is true. Uh, every man thinks of changing the world, but no man thinks of changing himself. Mm. And it starts with yourself. So figure out what hard lessons that you need to learn and do them tomorrow. Um, and I think that that will collectively help the world evolve. Yeah, absolutely. That's the basis of this show that, you know, evolution of the world requires evolution of the individual, because when we're able to, you know, sort of change ourselves, we can look out at the world's biggest challenges and realize that if we could change ourselves, maybe we can make an impact on that as well. I love that. Brandon, thanks so much for having me on. I had a real blast talking to you. Looking forward to being in touch with any listeners of this, hopefully subscribing to the Roundup. Um, and, uh, and thank you. I think you, you are a great storyteller, asking incredible questions, and I appreciate the opportunity. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Justin. It's always a wonderful chat that we have. Hey, you. Yes, you. I want to thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, then please open up your podcast app, rate and review. That's really going to help get this life-changing content out to more entrepreneurs just like you who are pushing the world forward. As always, my friend, keep evolving.